Thomas and Friends Storytime Thomas and the Seven Tiny Engines A fairy tale for kids Starring Thomas the Tank Engine Based on the railway series by the Reverend W. Audrey Created by Britt Allcroft Read by Mark Morahan and Friends One not so bright and sunny day Confusion and delay was abound on the Sodor Railway the town clock had broken and nobody knew the proper time. Percy was late with the mail train while Gordon was too early with the express. Sir Topham Hatt was in despair. Oh dear, repairing that clock is going to cost a small fortune. How on earth am I going to afford it? There's no other way. I'm going to have to sell one of my engines. But which one? The engines were worried. All except for James. He wasn't worried one little bit. He looked into his magic mirror and asked, Mirror, mirror on my shed wall, who in this land is most splendid of all? Why, you, oh master. You are the most splendid engine of all. And the most reddest of red? Also you! And the absolute favouritest number one engine on the railway? That would be Thomas, your magnificence. What? James turned greeny red with envy. That scruffy little blue engine? Well, we'll see about that. James told Thomas that Sir Topham Hatt had a very, very important job for him. Thomas, you are to go to the mainland at once to a clockmaker in uh, Scarletville who has some old clock parts to get rid of. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, James. <laughs> Tell Sir Topham Hat I will be back before he can say confusion and delay. <laughs> and with that, Thomas raced off across Sodor across the Vickerstown Bridge and onto the mainland. Not long after, Sir Topham Hatt came to the sheds. James, have you seen Thomas? I can't seem to find him anywhere. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, sir, but Thomas has left us. He said something about finding a better railway, one with a proper clock that always runs on time. <gasps> a better railway? Thomas? My number one engine? How could he think that? I know, sir. What kind of loyalty is that? Well, he can hardly be called the number one engine now, can he? Sir Topham Hatt walked off in a daze, while James grinned triumphantly. <laughs> now I shall take my rightful place as the top engine, the Steamo Supremo! Meanwhile, Thomas was crossing a misty moor before entering a dense forest. The deeper he went, the darker it became. Oh, I think I may have taken a wrong turn. Oh, I'm also running low on coal and water. Just then, he came upon a clearing, and in it he saw a small building. Then, as he slowed, he saw a set of engine tracks. 
They were the tiniest engine tracks he'd ever seen. And then he saw another set. And another. Three, four, five, six, seven. Seven sets of tiny engine tracks leading to the building. It must be an engine shed. Hold it right there, laddie. Came a voice out of nowhere. Suddenly, seven beams of light fell upon Thomas. He stopped. State your name and your business. Huh? I'm Thomas from Sodor. I mean you no harm. I'm travelling to Scarletville and I seem to be lost. Sensing that Thomas was no danger, the seven lights moved forward, revealing seven tiny faces belonging to seven tiny engines. Oh, and who might you all be? I'm McKitsy, and that there is McBitsy, followed by McTeeny and McWeenie and McMinnie and McSmall. And I'm McSqueak, said the final engine in a most friendly sort of way. Oh, glad to meet you, Thomas. And I'm glad to meet you too. Thomas asked them if they knew how to get to Scarletville, but they didn't. They'd never even heard of it. But then again, how would they? They've never even left the forest. We spend all our time here mining for coal. To fill up our coal hopper, so we have enough coal to help us mine for coal. Thomas wondered if they could spare him some coal and water, and if he could stay the night. The tiny engines formed a little huddle to consult on the matter, and decided that yes, Thomas could. But in return, there was a little job he could help them with. Well, actually... There's a ginormous rock blocking the tunnel. You're big and strong, so you could help pull it free. Thomas had never been called big before. He happily agreed, and jollied by the thought, the seven tiny engines all headed off to their seven tiny beds in their tiny engine shed, while Thomas settled down outside. Good night, Thomas! Good night, McKitsy, McBitsy, McTeeny, McWeenie, McMinnie, McSmall, and McSqueak. Phew! The next morning, the seven tiny engines led Thomas to the mine, tooting their whistles and singing a little ditty as they went. We're seven tiny engines with seven puffs of steam. Mining in the highlands together as a team We like to toot our whistles and make a bonny tune We toot at work, we toot at play from sun up to sun dune From sun up to sun dune Meanwhile, back on Sodor, Sir Topham Hatt was holding a picture of his little blue tank engine Oh, Thomas where are you when I need you the most? While James was looking into his mirror. And who is the absolute toppest engine now? That would be you, your worthiness. And with his head bigger than ever before, James grinned from ear to ear. Back at the mine, Thomas had chains running from his buffer plate all the way into the tunnel where they were tied around the giant rock. OK, Thomas, you can pull now. Thomas started to pull with all his might. 
was a groan, and the rock started to budge. Thomas pulled it all the way along the tunnel and out of the mine. <laughs> the tiny engines cheered and tooted. Now they could get to their new coal. That's when Thomas noticed the giant rock was glistening. Glistening with lots of shiny stones. But these were not just any old shiny stones. Diamonds! Oh, those silly things. They're no use to us. Engines can't run on sparkly rocks, now can we? If you want them, Thomas, you can have them. Thomas was stunned. Bust my buffers! Who needs old clock parts when you've got diamonds? Soon after, Thomas's cab was packed full of the diamonds and he was all set to leave. Bye for now, Thomas! Long may your boiler bubble. Oh, thanks. And goodbye to you all too. And with a toot and a chuff, Thomas sped away. All the way back to Sodor. Sir Topham Hatt was coming out of his office when Thomas raced into the station. Sir, look what I have. But there was no point collecting those old clock parts once I found these. Thomas, you're back. I was so... Uh, uh, old clock parts? What, what, what on earth are you talking about? The ones you wanted me to collect from Scarletville, sir. James told me. Scarletville? James? Hmm, I think I'm going to have to have a firm word with our James. But who needs old clock parts when we have all these diamonds? What's that? Diamonds, you say? Thomas explained how he was given the diamonds by the seven tiny engines. Now I can afford to repair the town clock. The railway is saved! I knew I could count on you, Thomas. My number one engine. <laughs> and Sir Topham Hatt, quite forgetting himself, danced a merry jig along the platform. <laughs> and from that day on, Sir Topham Hatt, Thomas and the rest of the Sodor Railway always ran on time and lived happily ever after. Except for James, who had the small matter of a mirror to attend to. No, wait, your most excellent of excellencies. Oh, radiant red one, you can't get rid of me. I'm your absolute favouritist number one magic mirror, remember? Not anymore, said James as he chuffed away. And the mirror was neither seen nor heard of ever again. The end. Listen out for other adventures with Thomas and Friends Storytime. Parents, if you like what you heard, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends too. Thomas and Friends is a registered trademark of Galane Thomas Limited.